Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, this is episode number 116. You are correct. This is this is interesting, Chris, because we're not in the same room at the moment. No, we're doing another uh, over the phone um, podcast. Right, um, and the reason for that over the phone podcast is that both of us are sick. Yeah, like uh, have colds. You might hear some some sneezing. I think we've this, we've dubbed this episode. You dubbed this episode the sneeze cast. This is the sneeze cast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is uh so there's the, you know we'll try to keep the nose blowing the coughing and the uh and the sneezing to a minimum but we can't make any promises can't make any promises at all <laughs> no um, promises we, what's really funny about this chris is that both of us got sick like independently of each other yeah we weren't we weren't together or touching the same things yeah. or like around the same sick people these are not the same germs like no. th- you are com- you are sick of a cold that is completely untouched by me and I am well, sick of a cold that is completely untouched by you. Honestly, if we had the same cold, it would make it better because you know, you could just hang out together it doesn't really matter. But Exactly. They're separate colds and I don't want yours. Yeah, and, and you don't want to like don't want you, mine. Yeah, you don't want to combine them and create like the perfect storm of the uh, super cold, mega yeah, cold. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> <laughs> it's the beginning to <laughs> contagion. Oh my gosh! Or uh, or the end of the first Planet of the Apes movie, the the reboot, yes. where like where you see the map and then somebody's just like you know it's flying all over the place and and yeah. you're just like no. The outbreak anyway. started because of Stay on Part Target. <laughs> yes, and uh, this podcast is evidence for that. So, if uh, if in some dystopian future where um, where mankind is uh, is at war with the apes, then um, it is our fault. Yes, or so John, actually, rather, we're we're actually preventing that. I apologize. We're preventing that by not being in the same room, Chris. Exactly. We've just, exactly. We've saved the planet. We we, we saved mankind. Exactly. I, I feel like. I feel like we should uh, we should have like the be involved in some sort of a ceremony like they had at the end of A New Hope, where you know yes. the medal ceremony. That totally yes. needs. We just need to be there. I require that. Yes, of course. Uh, so, John, what have you been up to lately? Um, well, I was out of town over the weekend. Had an awesome time um, seeing some family up uh, up in Iowa. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was actually, uh, Matt Dean, Deanonomics. We've had him on the show before. Um, he's, uh, he is in from, or was rather in from South Korea. Um, and so, uh, so hung out with him. So lots of driving, um, and then lots of catching up on work, uh, since being back. So, uh, what about you, man? No, oh man, what did, what did I do? Oh, uh, went out to, um, to a place called Rock Island, Tennessee, on uh, on Saturday, went out there, went cliff jumping. It was pretty nice. awesome. Yeah, it Dude, was a lot of fun. That's totally where you caught this. You think? I mean, it's. It, I mean, that was on. Uh, that was on. That was on Saturday. It's it's plausible. I'm actually it's not plausible. I'm sorry that that no, that's not. No, plausible. but I'm sure it's plausible. I mean, I started feeling. I mean, you know, if it has like a a four day incubation period or something, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you know. then you have. But then, like, I just don't. I guess. I guess it's plausible, but I just don't want to imagine that you have some some um, rock mountain illness. Yeah, I don't really know? want like some some kind of river virus. I don't. That doesn't sound good. 
at all. <laughs> Doesn't it sound like promising. No, it sounds like something you catch in the Amazon or something, and uh, yeah, it doesn't usually end up too well. So let's just let's just pretend like that's not where you caught it, and right, it was right, after right, right. that. Right. So anyway, went out to Rock Island and did some some cliff jumping, which was pretty awesome. What was crazy was so we were jumping off this uh, smaller cliff, um, the same cliff that um, you and I have jumped off of before. Okay. Um, and then so then we were uh, we were just kind of exploring. And walked further up river, up closer to uh, the dam, yeah. and there are taller cliffs Ooh. that you can jump off of further up river. That's awesome. So we need to go back, and we need to jump off the taller cliffs. Dude, I remember. Okay, so I remember whenever didn't they sound some alarm and uh, signifying that they were going to uh, raise the water level. Um, yeah. from the dam and so like they give you like 30 minutes notice to get the heck out of there and then uh and and then they release release the the dam waters free yeah. the river it's a it's a tennessee valley authority um uh i don't dam i guess yeah and so so it's powering things yeah they're, they're using it to power things and so whenever they need to generate more electricity they just run the um they let more water through the dam um Whenever we got there, like the alarm was going off, and like I think you're basically just supposed to get out of the water. Like it could mm. ray, it could probably maybe get out of the water and get away from it a little bit, but I don't know how high it could act. It would actually raise, like unless they yeah. just like let the whole thing loose. I don't know, but people were out of the water, and then you know once the uh, the siren stopped going off, then everybody got back in. So um, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't it. I can't imagine that they just let the whole thing loose and it just like, you know, careens down the valley and the yeah. riverbed, just, you know, wiping out everything in front of them. <laughs> I mean, it, I, know, I was just, I was, her picnic I was envisioning the Ents, like whenever we were attacking um, the uh, Isengard and the Ents free the river, like they, they take down the dam. Um, yeah, yeah. I was envisioning that kind of a, a, a fl- flow. So rather than just some like, oh, it's a maybe an inch deeper than it was before i was envisioning more like uh you know you're on the back of tree beard and you're barely surviving that would be wild i doubt that's how it is i I mean i think that they make you get out because the current gets a lot faster oh yeah well they say like a a, you know the uh water that is like ankle deep or a little deeper than ankle deep um traveling at six miles per hour could take you know a, a six foot tall person of 200 pounds off of their feet like it could just sweep you away um so i mean like if 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 the current gets much stronger it just you know you're right it's just it will be a little bit more dangerous yeah and i don't want to be swept down river no not at all not at all um but you had a good time you had a a good time jumping off rocks yeah great time so other than that like uh, um just been keeping up with true detective and ballers it's my two tv shows right now the summer shows uh, coming out this weekend, though, I'm kind of looking forward to both of these movies. Uh, Vacation, it's got like a 28 on Rotten Tomatoes right now, so maybe not so good, but everything I see looks hilarious. And so uh, I've seen some reviews from some people I trust that enjoyed it, so I'm like, all right, yeah, it, I'll uh, it got check this out. some good reviews. Um, yeah, they weren't all bad, but... I mean, this is the thing. You just you you just run that risk with comedies, you know? Like, yeah. some people people just don't find things funny. 
Well, what's funny about like uh, comedies in in general is like generally there are aren't as high budget as like action movies and that sort of thing. So that like movie companies that they can be a like bigger, um, a, a lower investment, but have a higher return if they really do well, or or if they you know if they for some reason you know somehow attach. So it's like if if a if a movie you know, per studio puts out a couple of comedies or whatever, and one of them works and one of them doesn't. It's like they make their money back, like tons of money back uh, on well, the successes. Like, here's the thing. So I'm, I'm on Rotten Tomatoes right now, and I'm looking at it. Hot Rod, one of my favorite comedies ever, is a near perfect film in terms of funniness and belly laughs. It's only got a forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, so, comedy, man. Comedy, it's like... I know. You, it's so you don't subjective, who, dude. Yeah, you really don't know who, like, uh, you know, who's who's judging these things or who's, like, really, you know, I don't know. It's like... I don't know. Hot I Rod know. was one of the, also one of those movies that the first time I watched it, I was like, I have no idea what to think of this. <laughs> I don't know yes. that I laughed that much the first time, but then I watched it a second time and I was like, nope, this is really, really funny. Yeah, yeah. Anchorman... Which is another one of my favorite comedies, only a sixty-six percent. So it's still fresh, but it's not, you know, like I don't know, you know, I would, I would, I would give it something up there, you know. Yeah, I feel like that one's like that one is uh, more divisive as far as like comedies go, just based I know, because on of the like, content. Yeah, because of the content and that sort and of thing. And that's what I, mean, I expect Vacation to be like. Yeah, yeah. I don't expect it to have like wholesome family no. fun content. <laughs> no. Not at all. <laughs> you know, I mean, none of the other uh, Lamp- National Lampoon vacations had that. <laughs> yeah, let's just, yeah, I was about to say, let's let's not all of a sudden just, just hope that this is something that's completely not in the genre that it is proposing to be in. So, right. I mean, you don't but, call it that without, without, you know, taking some inspiration from what came before. Um, but maybe something we should have reviewed this week, but um, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation has, has a 92% right now on, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Dude, I forgot that that had come out this week. Was it was it not on my calendar? I don't even remember. Yeah, uh, I, oh, yeah dude. I, uh, I f- what was it? I think it was uh, Monday or Tuesday, and I was like, oh, that's coming out this week. Yikes, and, man. Uh, yeah, dude. But there's just way too many, because next week is Fantastic Four. There's just way too many movies, you know? Like, there this, really are. This summer. The uh, I will say this: the Mission Impossible movies, all of them, um, uh, have been some of my favorite like action movies. That, yeah, dude. Uh, of like of this generation, like I mean, yeah. it's just they're just insane. The, the Tom well, the- Cruise Mission Impossible movies have been just awesome, especially since three. I'll, I'll throw this out there that 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 three, which I think J.J. Abrams directed. Yes. Um, for three, four, and then uh, I haven't seen this one yet, but I'm really excited for it. Um, and. You know, by all viral reports, this one um, have just upped the game as far as like action movies go. So, yeah, I mean, so what's what's I think um, unbelievable to me is the fact that these have been going on for tw- uh, twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the first one. Let's see here. I think it was ninety five, ninety four. Hang on, let me see here. Let's look up Mission Impossible. Well, and we're on five too, so it's like you know twenty. I mean, that's that's like ninety six. Every- okay. So not quite. So not quite. Not quite. I mean, like that, but that's a good like turnaround as far as that goes. And uh, I guess what? Which one had uh, Simon Pegg in it for the first time? I mean, was I think that it was the, three. Three okay. had Simon Pegg in it for the first so, time. So like you've had these these casts that have gone uh, gone kind of in and out, and and you you know you now have a bunch of fresh blood with uh, with Jeremy Renner and and, uh, and and Simon Pegg is just always just amazing in these things. Yeah. Um, 
but like you have these this cast that it kind of cycles um and so you've been able to see it grow uh so it's like even beyond whenever tom cruise you know potentially leaves the series which i really hope that doesn't happen because he's amazing um but like whenever he does in fact say hey yeah enough is enough i feel like they could still keep these movies rolling and and like not not miss a single beat oh yeah for sure i mean but the thing is you know like you know, there's just something about Tom Cruise is like he just does so well in the role, and uh, he straps he's himself such, to airplanes. Yeah, he's oh, I mean, he's such a um, a dynamic physical actor. You know, like he yeah. puts his his entire self, his body, like into the film you know and yeah he puts it on the line and he like yeah. vaulted a car in the uh, in, in at the end of four and it wasn't <laughs> right. even a big deal like right like it was just like he was just crossing the street and he jumps over this little fiat which arguably is not a very tall car but still yeah i mean on this one yeah he's like strapped to a plane he apparently got like high um hypothermia while he was up there and they like to, to take him to the hospital as soon as he got back down and you know, like last film he was on the side of that building in dubai yep and then the, i don't know one of the other ones he almost gets his head chopped off by a helicopter just crazy stuff in the second one the john woo one which is probably my least favorite just based on the ridiculous action and then like the end didn't they didn't at the end they had this whole sequence where they were driving at each other in motorcycles. Um, oh, yeah. Similar to the way, like, knights do. <laughs> yes. Um, and then they jump off of the motorcycles and go, obviously, like, go, or go flying at each other and they hit each other in midair. Yeah. And it's, I mean, like, that was, that was a ridiculous moment. But there was, there was a, a part in that where a knife kind of comes, like, a millimeter from his eye or whatever. Yeah. And, and that uh, was real. Yeah, and John Woo was like, nah, he's like, we're going to get a rubber knife. And then Tom Cruise was like, nah, man, we got to make this real. Like, yes, yeah, so nobody's gonna believe it if it's a rubber knife. They rigged, <laughs> they rigged it up like with this uh, this um, like line attached to the end, so it would just like yeah. just stop like inches from his eye. Yeah, and they they welded like they, they I think John Woo said they had like all of their uh, their crew people like weld together this big metal frame to sit around them to to hold God. the string, and uh, and so it was out of the shot or whatever. And he's like he's like I was just thinking if that's if anything breaks if anything breaks Tom Cruise is dead. Yeah, right here. <laughs> yeah, it's so stupid. It's yeah. dumb. <laughs> yep. Yep. Just but they insane, got the shot, man. John. They got the shot, and I believed it, man. I believed exactly. that his life was in danger. That's true. So, um, so the Mission Impossible. Like, what's crazy also is the fact that we've had some pretty uh, um, big directors on on all these. Um, so, you know, just just starting with the first one, and we have uh, Brian De Palma, then we nice. have John Woo, yeah. and then we had J.J. Abrams, and then um, oh man, the director of Incredibles, uh, Brad Bird, yeah. on the fourth one. And now uh, on uh, on this one, it was this, the guy who did, um, oh man, Jack Reacher. Hang on, let me let me see. Gotcha, dude. I mean, and that's amazing. Like, and and it has a cohesive feel to all of Christopher the Christopher despite all of these. And you know, it's number two arguably stands out more than the others. But you do have kind of a cohesive feel from uh, from one to the other. Yeah, I mean, I think you still have a cohesive feel in that one. Like, it was just like I think his his. Uh, his directorial style is just a lot different from from everyone else, just in terms of yeah. how much he uses slow motion and all that kind of stuff. But the look feels the same. The writing feels very similar. Um, it's more of a moody movie, I would say. You know, like I, it's not my favorite. It's probably my least favorite, but it's not bad by any means. Very, very true. Very true. Um, so, Chris, yeah, 
I just I, I have I, before we did before we started recording. I had a rocket pop, um, which is a popsicle. You remember those? They were yes, the red, I white, do. and blue rockets. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I'd forgotten that uh, the sticks have jokes on them. Yeah. And so I just finished, and uh, here's the joke inside. It is what did the apple tree say to the farmer? The what? Stop the apple tree. The apple tree say to the farmer. Okay. Says stop picking on me. Hmm. 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 Big laughs all around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so speaking of, well, let's just move on. We have some news. Let's let's move on into the news. This is going to be a news-filled episode. We're just going to talk. This is dialogue. This is a um, news sneezecast. Yeah, news sneezecast. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's break into the news. The So we were talking about Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise had, has let loose that... Just the, let it loose. Just let Yes, just let it loose that Mission Impossible 6 could shoot as soon as next year. Quote, <laughs> we're starting to work on it now. We'll probably start shooting it next summer. What does that mean, Chris? Does that mean that like they, they, the, they got the ratings in from this like the first day? That the yeah. movie was out, and they're like, "Nah, we're doing another one," and then they started immediately writing it. Or does that mean that they already had it kind of in the works, and that, that you know they have a rough idea of what it's going to be? I really don't know, John. Um, I do know that Tom Cruise must has got to be a workaholic man. <laughs> like he's just always doing stuff. Like he's never not. I don't think we like you know some actors. You're like, oh, they're in like one movie a year, one or two movies a year. No, he's in like five a year. Yeah. Yeah, and even even like smaller roles, like cameos, and like you know small small things like that, where he just shows up in a movie. Like I, I think the dude just genuinely loves uh, acting and yeah. loves loves being in movies and being involved and, and hanging out with 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 you know the the Hollywood uh, crowd. I mean, it's just awesome. So I was exaggerating. I just looked it up. He's not in five a year. He was in. He was. He's been in one this year. Edge of Tomorrow was last year. Oblivion was the year before. Jack Reacher was the year before that. Uh, at the same years, Rock of Ages, Mission Impossible. He does about one a year. Yeah, but still, like I mean, <laughs> I, I, thinking about other actors, like when was the last time we saw like just just name name an actor, you know, or just when was the last time we saw. Um, well, I was about to say George Clooney, but we saw him in Tomorrowland. But before that, when was the last time we really saw him do okay, something yeah, big? Let's, let's look. Let's look that up. This the is, last this time is... we saw before Tomorrowland, George Clooney did something called mm, "Man, The Monuments Men." So that was the year before. Oh, that was the year before. Okay, yeah. Before that was Gravity. Nice. Small, small part. Um, then. Something I don't know. So he's doing I don't know once. Well, yeah, he's doing like one or two about every year. A, about one a year, you know. So maybe that's normal. Maybe that, that I'm just perceiving that Tom Cruise is in more movies that I uh, see. Maybe either because he's in more advertised. movies that I actually like. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, or, I or in the genres that I follow. You know. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah. That's that's probably more accurate. Yeah. So anyway, we're getting Mission Impossible six, and it's probably coming out. In the next uh, couple of years. We have some Super Smash Brothers news. Excellent. There's an update coming for Super Smash Brothers on Nintendo 3DS and Wii U. In Japan is Wait, the what? caveat. This is oh. in Japan. Um, while the tournament mode is slated for next month in North America, Japan is getting the new feature July 31st. Man. Uh, 
So I think we're all getting this. It's just coming yeah. out first in Japan. So, so it, it, Nint- uh, Nintendo's it, been doing that a lot recently. Like uh, uh, Yoshi's World, Woolly World is already out in Japan, and um, that hasn't been uh, released here in the uh, U.S. yet. It's actually out in Japan and the U.K., so I don't know if it was just that they couldn't um, ship the physical copies over here in enough time or what, but, I mean, it's, it's out in other regions first, and, uh, you know... I mean that that game in particular baffles me because the localization process on that um, probably doesn't have a whole lot of voice acting that you would have to uh, that you would have to you know I mean, you gotta keep replace the home, with Americanisms. Got to keep the home audience happy. So that's that's the best way to do it. Uh, Very but true. The, it's going to add new add, add tournaments as well as new me costumes and stages. It's also going to include replay uploading to YouTube plus King K rule and Chrome me costumes, which cost extra. Okay. Two new stages are also coming. Um, Peach's castle 64 and Hyrule castle 64. Dude. Hyrule castle is uh, one of my favorite all time stages. So nice. Well, it's yeah. coming to the, uh, to the game soon. So sweet, dude. Sweet. Yep. Uh, more games news. Blizzard has announced the next uh, that the next World of Warcraft expansion will be revealed at Gamescom on August sixth. Ooh, um, so a lot out of Gamescom. Uh, is that next week? That's next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That'll so be fun. Uh, yeah, I'm super pumped about it. What's crazy about this is, um, what if it comes out this year? Then it's only a year after the last update. Um, so let's talk about this for a minute. If they say it's going to come this year. Hmm. This will be the shortest length of time between a major update to World of Warcraft. Now, they are back down to um, about seven million um, subscribers. I think they uh, they went they had bumped back up last year whenever they released. Um, I think it was Warlords of Draenor or whatever it was called. Um, that might not be right. Let me I'll check. Uh, <laughs> But uh, they they released that last year and uh, they bumped it back up to 10 million and so like the, you know their subscriber base just kind of comes back down and so I was having a conversation earlier this week with uh, a, a friend who plays World of Warcraft and I, like I, it, I I would love to know the numbers like you know like say they are going to release another one this year I think that's a smart move like doing re- yeah. on a yearly release schedule is that's kind of like what people expect these days and there's just so many other things to take you away from games and so many things vying for your attention that um, you know something that comes out on a yearly basis would only help them I would think I mean I, me too man I mean you think about like Call of Duty and uh, like their player base and you think about um, even like looking at another act uh, like Activision property um destiny they've released something every few months or so and it's it, and you know people eat that up um i mean maybe they're taking a cue from from that property which uh which is you know in the same same vein but it's i don't know man it's like blizzard has always kind of done their own thing with world warcraft uh the world of warcraft and it's like they've always kind of um I wonder how big this one is too. Like I because that's the other thing is like if it's gigantic like they usually are, um like the full size kind of updates, I mean, I wonder how the you know, how that turnaround is affecting them. Um if you know, or if it's smaller, like pared down a little bit smaller, maybe this is maybe that's maybe what they're going for is a faster turnaround on these things, but just a little bit quicker uh, like smaller uh type of content drops. Yeah. I don't know. 
Well, it's crazy. So I was right. Last year, Warlords of Draenor was released. Um, and I think what's crazy is, like, I think he was saying uh, two of the wings haven't even been opened up um, from the from the raid from Warlords of Draenor. So it's like there's still content there that they haven't um, – the players haven't had access to. So I don't know. We'll either see something that will say, hey, this is coming next year or uh, – which is probably more likely. Or we'll see something like, hey, we're doing something this year. Yeah. I mean, I, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think that uh, a faster turnaround is always a good idea whenever it comes to subscription-based models as well as um, things like Call of Duty annualized things. Um, I mean, I, I think that that faster turnaround uh, can help a lot. So so we haven't talked much about Hearthstone lately. I love it. You've been playing it as well. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but its next expansion is coming, which is – this is a game that is releasing expansions like all the freaking time. Um, it's only been out – uh, like a year on no wait when did it come out i think it came it came out in in 2014 and so uh it's only yeah it's only been out just over a year and we already have this will be the third ex, thir, uh, fourth expansion actually yeah. um to the game but it's going to in- introduce 130 new cards to the game which is pretty wild that's amazing so yeah that's amazing i mean is that does that include like extra extra bosses and wings and stuff like that or is that just for the cards uh no 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 it's going to, yeah it's 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 gonna it's gonna have basically another wing I think and you're gonna be able to do some stuff with it um but uh and and in that along that progression you'll unlock more cards and have cool. access to them kind of like the the other two expansions that were that introduced um new wings and bosses and stuff that's awesome something I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about so uh, back at E three three four three announced that Halo 5 would not have any kind of split-screen mode for the campaign or multiplayer, which is a huge change yeah. from every other game in this franchise. Um, from you know the first Halo, that was something that made it such a huge deal, was the, the couch co-op and being able to play with your friends and do multiplayer. And then with Halo 2, bringing friends over and being able to play on Xbox Live with them. And, uh, yeah, that's... well, and, and, and then also, like, being able to have, like, uh, you know, we, we've done before where there was, like, a group of four on one TV in one room and a group of four a on the other party. TV. In the, yeah, so it's like this land party. And so then you would play teams, and so then you'd swap spots. And, I, I mean, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's it, that is something that has been in the blood of uh, that series from the beginning. Yeah, I mean... So, it's really, really uh, kind of a bummer. Um, so, Josh Holmes, the studio head at 343, um, uh, has elaborated on that decision um, on a post on Halo Waypoint. So, I just kind of wanted to read that, then we can kind of discuss, you know, whether this is this is good or not. Um, yeah. You know, I don't... Yeah. He said, the decision to remove split-screen support from Halo 5 Guardians was one of the most difficult ones we've ever had to make as a studio. We know that for many of our fans, Halo has meant playing together with friends in the same room. We all have great memories of past Halo split-screen multiplayer matches. With Halo 5, we're delivering massive-scale environments, improved AI for behavior, increased visual and gameplay fidelity, something that truly takes advantage of a new platform. Many of our of our ambitious goals for Halo 5 would be compromised in a split-screen setting, and the time spent optimizing and addressing split-screen-specific issues would take focus from building other parts of the game. Game development is a balancing act of resources, time, and technology, and in this case, we made the tough decision to sacrifice something that's been near and dear to us all. So, my question, though, is... Is it worth it? Is is changing the game in a fundamental way, is that worth it? I mean, okay. So 
I have some thoughts about this. Like, co-op and couch co-op specifically in shooters um, is something that is both awesome and I feel like underutilized by player bases. Um, yeah. Whenever you first got your Xbox and I would come over, um, I mean, like a few times a week, and yeah. we would play uh, Call of Duty, and yeah. I would play split screen um, with you. And, and yeah. even though I didn't have, at that time, I didn't have a uh, an account with Xbox, I was able to play and uh, and really like sink my teeth into that game. Um, so, I mean, like you look at nowadays, I don't really do that. Uh, I don't really go over to other people's houses and play. Um, and I wonder if maybe that's, you know, if they're looking at these uh, statistics of like how many people actually use the functionality, um, of that, you know, the, the couch co-op kind of thing, um, and they're saying, man, it's just not worth it based on that. You know, it's it, and I guess my argument is that we will never know if it if if it's true that hey, it's just not worth it to 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 insert this in because we don't know what it would have cost. Like we don't know um, right. whether it would have just made it look like trash, whether it would have performed terribly. We don't know if their frame rate would have dropped to you know something just ridiculous. I mean, we just don't know um, what do you know having this split screen functionality would do to the actual game. So it's, it's kind of one of those things that like they can say whatever they want, but because we will never know, uh, what, what, you know, we like would have been necessary to give up in order to have this. I mean, I don't know, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that like, that I, I, I don't know that I disbelieve what they're saying, but I also don't know if I can really believe it. I think, you know, I think there's two things. Number one, um, you make a good point with, you know, they're probably looking at the statistics and saying not a lot of people are doing couch co-op anymore. It used to be a big thing, but now pretty much everyone has their own console and they play on their own console across the internet, which is also more widespread than, you know, back whenever uh, these games um, were coming out on the the 360. Correct. Um, the, uh, I think, it, I would love to, to see, you know, if those numbers, like if they are lower now, if it's because people just don't want to play couch co-op because they're in a different place in life or, you know, like whatever, or if it's because there's not that much available so that you just don't play mm, it. Interesting. It's so a you're self-fulfilling saying, kind of prophecy. Yeah, so you're saying basically like correlation doesn't prove causation here. Like even if the numbers are really low as far as like globally how many people are playing co-op with each other on the same couch – that doesn't necessarily mean that it's because they're not interested in doing so. It may right. just be that they don't have the opportunity to do so right. um, based on the games, based on the content. Interesting. Interesting. Um, wow. so, I mean, like, I, I mean, I, I, I'm going to miss it. I like, that's the only thing, like that's the, that's the overall thing that I, mean, like, I keep coming Halo back to. Four, like, yeah. You and I played together. Oh yeah. We played that whole campaign together, split screen. Now we yeah. can't. Yeah, and I mean, you look at like that, and, and you look at um, other franchises like Gears that we've played split screen uh, in basically every every iteration of it, and it's like some of those we played over the internet, but some of them, like most of them, we played um, sitting on the same couch, and then like this series in particular. We've always played it, you know, sitting in the same room. And even, you know, we had a LAN party for uh, Halo. I think we did Halo 3, um, like literally last year. 
like it was it was not that long ago it was just a few months ago we had a land party and it's like that's yeah. just that's kind of nuts too you know where where like i think you brought over your 360 to, to uh Fultron's house and like Fultron fired up his 360 and we played some some halo good old fashioned land party style and so like I don't know, man. It's it's just weird to see that functionality gone, and and even if you can kind of uh, land the new game together, it's not going to be the same because you can't do split screen, and so everybody would have to bring over their own box, you know. And that just right. seems that just seems really inconvenient. So sad days, Chris. Sad days. I, yeah, it is. I mean. It's just something that made Halo special to me, and it's just one thing. Like it, and I'm not saying the games can't change, and that you know this is what the uh, if we're gonna just talk about the main entry, this is the fifth main entry. But we've had you know Halo Wars and Halo ODST, and so this is probably like the the seventh or eighth you know entry in this series. Oh no, or ninth. Um, there's I think there's a there's a couple of like mobile games. You know I don't know. So yeah, if we're counting mobile, there's a bunch. It's it's just. Um, it's just a bummer man (laughs) yeah yeah i mean yeah for sure dude so i did want to point out like call of duty has always been pretty inconsistent about whether or not they do have split screen stuff and then also like if they do have split screen stuff what that actually causes the game to perform like so i did want to point that out I, i don't know if i don't know if the upcoming black ops 3 actually has uh split screen functionality uh i don't know if it does on multiplayer um, I'm pretty sure it does not on campaign, and I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, I, I imagine it does for zombies because it always has before. So, um, I, I even if even if the other uh, other game modes were left out, it uh, it is it's always been able to be a split screen experience for zombies. So I don't know, man. It'll, it'll be interesting to see whether or not this is the def- definitive death of uh, split screen kind of first person shooters. Right. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, we have uh, some news from Microsoft. Microsoft is looking into streaming PC games to Xbox One. So currently, you can currently stream your Xbox One to PC or or basically Windows 10 enabled devices. So your Correct. your tablets or your PC. Um, yeah. Phil Spencer has said that they are currently looking into making it possible for Xbox One owners to stream PC games. He says, we understand if you're going to go PC to Xbox, we need to get keyboard and mouse working completely so you can play those games. In terms of where we want to go with our platform, those are absolutely in scope of things of what we want to do. Wow. It's actually a little more challenging doing the encoding on the PC side to the Xbox, but the challenge is good. Gamers want to play games on the device they want to play on. They want to play with their friends and they progress whenever they sit down because of that the roadmap and our focus on what's going on windows is incredibly strong that's Dude. something i i feel like that's something we could see in the next year um usually by the time phil starts talking about it we'll see it in the next year or so i mean like okay so it's it's super wild like what uh phil spencer has kind of done since he's taken over xbox it's like we have the backwards compatibility thing rolling out around uh christmas time and they'll be adding a you know hundreds of games every month after that now we're talking about like integrating your pc gaming onto an xbox so like taking any game that you can play on your on your windows uh your new windows is it windows 10 windows 11 windows windows 10 
Windows 10, uh, your Windows 10 uh, PC and streaming it to your Xbox. Like that just seems like wild. It seems also strange to, to stream your Xbox one to a uh, Windows 10 powered PC because like the the exchange, I would want it to be the other way, where it's like you want to be able to run, uh, do most of the processing on your PC, like your really really super uber powerful PC, uh, and then stream that to your Xbox, versus streaming the Xbox onto your even more powerful PC. You know, it's like yeah. I, it seems like th- this way, the way he's talking about that they want to actually get it done, um, is the way that most people would use it. Yeah. Which is which is pretty awesome. Like I can imagine, you know, like I think one thing that keeps me from playing, uh, say, Minecraft, for instance, on um, on my Xbox is the fact that it's a smaller world, and I can't play the worlds I've already built on PC. But if I could play the worlds I already built on PC on my from my living room on my Xbox, uh, you know, that would be amazing. Like super cool. Now there's Dude. also you know so many more games. You know, say on my PC. Now I don't know if it would just mirror the 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 PC or what exactly would happen, but I don't know. It'd be really cool. It'd be amazing. We've also talked about uh, Sony's uh, kind of streaming services like the PlayStation Now, and we've also talked about streaming from your uh, PlayStation 4 to your, or 3 to your Vita. Um, So like, you know, there's always, whenever you're streaming something, there's always an element of like lag. Um, There's always this input kind of... uh, input response like it's not instantaneous um and so like that'll be interesting to see if they can get that kind of uh that kind of latency down for this particular thing i mean this functionality like for a action game that timing is super important probably wouldn't work super well and but you're right something like minecraft it's like the input response time is is not like it's not necessary to have like split second reflexes unless a creeper sneaks up on your back. Then, well, I guess in this case you're just screwed, but, uh, you know, it just, it's just, it's, it's not that type of a game. It's, it's more, uh, you know, more thoughtful, uh, kind of a game. So I I can see this working really, really well for some games and then for other games, not so much. I also wonder because we have the whole Xbox kind of, uh, infrastructure into like, it's, it's ingrained in, um, windows 10. I I wonder about cross buy. Oh man. Yeah. Well, so like I mean, you buy Fable Legends on like they, they've already talked about how Fable Legends will have cross-play, where if you have it on PC, you'll be able yeah. to uh, play with people who are on Xbox. But I also wonder about you know, hey, if I buy Fable Legends or or I guess that's free to play though. Never mind. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know that there will be cross cross buy just because like what they're saying is like if you buy something on your pc then you can play that pc game on your xbox or from your xbox and so somehow stream from your pc to your xbox and so i don't i don't know that it you know they're saying you'll play a copy of that game they're saying you'll pay right you'll play that game you're right so i don't know if it will bring with it um cross buy but yeah, I mean, either way, it's it's kind of it'll be interesting to see how they implement it. You know, will we will we be playing League of Legends from our Xbox? You know, yeah. Like, what is this? What is this? How does this work? Yeah, and it's like you know, with with the way Xbox is going, they're wanting like it seems like um, Phil Spencer is making all the right moves to be gamer centric. Where he's like, man, I don't care whether you're playing on PC or whether you're playing on on. Um, 
Xbox, I want you to play together. And then I want to be able to allow you to play the games you want to play from your living room couch on yeah. your Xbox. You know, that, yeah. that's just really, that's a really nice thing to see um, based on some of the other uh, Microsoft things that happened with like the TV stuff. And I mean, it's just nice. To, it's a good change. Right. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's um, let's move on. PlayStation um, Summer Sale has begun. There's a lot of games on sale. Go uh, go check that out in your PlayStation Store. I won't go over all of them. Um, yeah. The uh, the games for Gold and PS Plus games have been announced for August for next month. Yeah. So uh, in a couple days, you're gonna be able to play on PlayStation. Uh, Laura Croft and the Temple of Osiris, Limbo, Stealth Incorporated, Two, Sound Shapes, Castlevania Complete Edition, and God of War Ascension. Nice. On uh, for our, for Xbox for the games with gold, you'll be able to play Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zeroes, uh, How to Survive Storm Warning uh, Edition, and Metro Twenty Thirty Three and Metro Last Light. Nice. So it's interesting to me. Uh, there was a news story that went out I think earlier today um, about a PlayStation Plus thing. It was a uh, PlayStation Plus new vote to play feature uh leaked prematurely potentially i mean this is not like uh someone basically a a user discovered a video while browsing through the what's new section of his ps4 in the uk um and it went into detail uh about voting to play um let me see According to the video, gamers will be given a choice of three games to choose between, and the one that receives the most votes will be offered free as part of the PS Plus the following month, while the other two will be discounted. Um, and this is, uh, this, is, um, this is a quote from uh, IGN. A- an exciting way to have your say on what you'd like to play next through PlayStation Plus. The video apparently explains, while voting is open, you'll be able to check which titles are receiving the most votes or change your own vote at any time. Then the votes will be counted, and the f- chosen game will be available. <laughs> you, can change, you can change your vote. Yeah, you can change your vote. That's apparently, weird. like the, apparently, you can you can. I don't know. Like, I feel like gaming the system. Like, I feel like you, you could. This is this is gamifying this vote where it's like, oh, I, I'm gonna make everybody think that I'm voting for this over here, and then at the last second, I'm gonna switch. You know, I just, that, that's <laughs> yeah. That seems like a really strange feature to to have, um, but maybe they're they're thinking like as far as like reviews go, maybe your reviews of a certain game will come out, and then you'll be able to you know you do some research and then change your vote if you want to. Um, anyway, so th- they say that the votes will be counted, and the game uh, chosen game will be available as part of PS Plus monthly games the following month. If your favorite game wasn't chosen, it will actually be available to be purchased with a PS Plus discount. Um, this is interesting, dude. Uh, this is a really weird thing in my mind. Um, as far as PS Plus games and I guess the games with gold things, I, I just don't know how those deals work um, with with the developers and the publishers because, I mean, they've obviously got to get a big lump sum or whatever uh, from that. But with voting, you're not going to be sure which, ones are, which one is actually going to be free and which ones are going to be discounted. So it's like that seems like a really complex thing from the business side to, to do. Um, as well as like right now, whenever you're reading that list, you, there are a bunch of free ps plus games like on the vita alone there were three different games that you could play um and so i wonder if maybe this is going to decrease the overall number of actual free games 
um, and but give you more input and control over it. I, I just don't know how how that will you know shake out in the end. I kind of doubt it will be that just because then they kind of just back themselves into a corner with, um, you know, like okay, I don't know. I, I it could be it could be this weird way to get around uh, so many free games. I doubt it. Just because I don't see people being okay with that. Yeah. And it'll be hard to get them to be okay with that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so... Uh, I like it in terms of... Okay, yeah, some of these, some of the times, you know, like one of the, the discounted games, I'd rather play that than the free game. And that happened yeah. last month. I can't remember exactly what it was, but that happened last month. And it's like, okay, well, I don't really want to play this free game, but I would play this other one that's, you know, on sale, like 25% off or whatever. And, for sure. Uh, so I, I mean, I'm all for this. What, okay. So if, if you could vote, what games would you like to see free? Ooh. Um, if shovel and I ever appeared on the PlayStation, mm. I would for sure vote for that one. It is on PlayStation. Well, I mean, if it was, if it ever appeared as, as a votable, like you can get it oh, for free it's a free or whatever. game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would, I would for sure do that one. Um, I've played that on my my 3DS, and I love it. Uh, but I definitely think it, I, I, I've even contemplated rebuying it on the Vita just to play through it again uh, on the Vita. You know, and so it's like that that game for sure. Like that game's awesome. Yeah. Um, how about you? Is do you, is there anything coming to your mind? I would love to. Um, I'd love to see something like the Order 1886. Oh, on, wow. uh Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. That um, would be amazing. Something, yeah, like that's something that I I don't um, think happens enough, at least with PlayStation Plus, is the uh, uh, like first party games showing up on there. Like I want mm. the first party games to show up there, and uh, so yeah, that's what I. I vote mean, you for. you wonder if that's kind of part of the strategy here, you know? Is that okay? So if we get these kind of uh, these these games that are cross-platform games that you can play both on Xbox and on PlayStation, but we make them free on PlayStation, does that incentivize people to play on their PlayStation or, or to, you know, like, for, for example, last month wasn't Ground Zero's, uh, Metal Gear Solid Ground Zero's free on PlayStation Plus? And then this yeah. month it's free on Xbox One. So it came to both of them for free eventually, but it came to PlayStation first. And so you wonder if, if the people who own both consoles or, you know, whatever, if those people have already played it on PlayStation, so they're not going to bother worrying about it on Xbox. Yeah, I mean, that's, 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 that's true. I mean, that's something that, you know, is for people who have both consoles, I think, you know, people who have both consoles are few and far between. Um, that's true. And, you know, and so like I'm, and, and honestly, even though I have both consoles, I'm just I'm not inclined to play third party games on my PlayStation that often. Mm. Like I usually do most of my most of my third party games and all that kind of stuff on Xbox, and I do exclusives over on PlayStation. Um, so like honestly, I didn't play it whenever it was on on uh, my PlayStation, but I'll play it now that it's on uh, my Xbox One because I'm more likely to play play the next Metal Gear. Um, Metal Gear Five um, uh, on my Xbox, so I, I nice. kind of don't want to separate my experiences. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Um, and I guess you know that all comes down to like uh, you look at something like was Limbo free? I mean, I know I got it for free, but I, was Limbo free ever for uh, for Xbox owners? And now it's free uh, for PlayStation. No, I don't think so. 
Um, I think if you were, free. I think if you had the day one achievement, or if you if you uh, bought an Xbox One on day one. Oh wait, they um, gave it to you. Yeah, they you're gave right. it to you. Yeah, but that's a very that's a very small percentage probably of uh, of Xbox users in the first place. So uh, that's what I'm getting confused about. But uh, but definitely both both of them have had those moments where it's like, oh, it was free last month on the other one, you know, where it was free on Xbox, and then it goes to a free game on uh, on PlayStation. So right. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that's interesting as well. Um, yeah, I think I think more first party stuff on on PlayStation would be fun. I know Xbox has done uh, like a lot of the Halo games have been free. Some of the Gears of War games have been free, um, and, and those are always really fun. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so we have uh, I think that's the last. Oh no, hang on. We have a, two more pieces of games news. First, mm. Star Wars Battlefront. We'll do this real quickly. So Battlefront, uh, Star Wars Battlefront introduces a new team deathmatch multiplayer mode. It's going to give players the option to engage in close quarters encounters instead of its featured large-scale battles. It's going to be called Blast. The mode pits players against each other in a 10 versus 10 team deathmatch face-off between the Imperial and Rebel forces. That'll be cool. Interesting. So this is the equivalent, like if you go to Titanfall, which has kind of that same kind of vibe where there's like a larger battle going on and then there are players running around and that sort of thing. So I... You know, this is going to be more exclusively like in that more like pilot hunter, like where it's only, you know, it's it's only you guys and it's team deathmatch versus capture points. And, you know, the the kind of traditional kind of, you know, right. killer, killer be killed kind of style. Right. Um, also, Fallout 4, basically done. They said that it was basically done whenever they announced it, which is pretty wild <laughs> that, it, that it stayed secret for that long. Um, so that's cool. They also said that the Pip-Boy edition, the one where you have the working Pip-Boy that you can stick your phone into and wear it while you're playing, which is what I will be doing, um, you, they are out of them, and they can make no more of them. Like, they went to the manufacturers and said, hey, we have more pre-orders <laughs> for this. And they said, okay. So they, like, moved some other things to some other lines. They um, sent some things to some other production facilities, made as many as they could. They came back to them and and, uh, and said, we need more. And they said, we're sorry, we can't make any more. <laughs> this Yikes, is the most dude. we can make. So they're done. Yikes. Dude, that's nuts. And it's nuts to me that this thing, you know, and the way they showed it off at their press conference was super, super sly, too. Like, I loved the way that that showed off. It was because, like, everybody, I want one, you know? It's like, I, I, I probably wouldn't use it, but, I, I mean, it would be cool to have, you know? And so, I don't know. I feel like everybody just ran out and grabbed that. Um, I think they're already selling, like, there's already a second market for them, and nobody even has them yet. Well, this is the thing. Like, the thing that... Um that ma- that makes it intriguing to me is the fact that okay, this is could be a peripheral. This is the this is a, a functioning peripheral that I might like just seriously I'll use. Like this is is usable. Like I will sit here and use this while I'm playing. Like yeah, uh, you know, a lot of second screen experiences. You know, like I think Titanfall tried it. I kind of used it, not really. You know, uh, there's been yeah. other second screen experiences. Like this is a second screen experience that I will use. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at like Destiny's, uh, Destiny's um, companion app. It's not really a yeah. second screen, but you do use it. Um, you use it to shift around inventory and things like that. Um, but th- something that is like a second screen thing, like Titanfall, that like, you're right, they had the mini map basically that you could put on your iPad and put up. But it's like if there's a mini map already on your screen, you know. Eh. Uh, makes it a little bit harder to to use and to see to put it down there. So I mean, but this it's you know it's it's a functioning Pip Boy. Like so, it's rather than actually pulling up a menu in your game of the Pip Boy, you can just look at your wrist. 
and it'll be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's crazy that people are already trying to resell these things for exorbitant amounts of money too. So like, you know, it's just like any other collectible or anything, you know, people pre-order them once they've locked in their pre-order, if they potentially pre-ordered two, they can sell one. And so they put it on eBay already. So yeah, I wonder how much of that is going on and how much like, okay, so, you know, once the market gets flooded with things with these that people are reselling, uh, will the price go down? I mean, that's yeah, the way I, supply and demand works. Yeah, I mean, like once they actually become available, and you know, the, the, like you said, like there there are enough of them in the marketplace, and then you know we actually see how many actually exist. Because like right now, it's like it's all hidden behind a door, where it's like there are a number of these that people aren't going to be using and that are going to enter the resale market, but we don't know how many there are. You know, and then once you open that door and then they actually get released, it's, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, where the price goes. Something that also is interesting to me, um, Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops 3, they had a Juggernog edition, which included a working fridge, like a mini fridge. Uh, which sounds that, amazing. Which sounds amazing. And it looks exactly like the Juggernog uh, fridge, so from the game. So in the zombies thing, you get this, uh, you get Juggernog and you drink it and you can take uh, twice the amount of hits from zombies before you go down. So uh, they made took that fridge, miniaturized it, and are selling it uh, in this package. But it is sold out as well. And I think I looked at the price on Amazon the other day, and it's like you can buy it used, like a resale market, for like... 600 bucks or something crazy like that Dang. but it's 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 sold out as well so um yeah anyway these collectors and items you you know you talk all the time about like different collectors editions and how cool some of them are and how uncool other ones are but these people are just you know gobbling them up chris gobbling them gobble gobble <laughs> yes uh, i mean <laughs> the thing is uh I, I'm, I like more the way that Bethesda did it because they announced it in the press conference. I feel like like Correct. I didn't even know that this this fridge existed until it was already sold out. Yeah, I mean it, it probably sold out within minutes. I uh, I mean, and and that's something to be said about like announcing, hey, here's the actual date that these will be available. Be ready. Right. Um, yeah, because the same was, you know, the same happened whenever we had the consoles. Um, I think both Sony and Microsoft were really worried about, you know, getting sold out or whatever. So they were like, okay, so we're going to announce these consoles now. You can pre-order them at a certain date. And they, would, they gave you the date and time that you could actually start pre-ordering them. So, I mean, you know, and I waited until later and eventually uh, finally had to search around and get mine from Best Buy or whatever. But, um, oh, yeah, you know, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that was a whole ordeal. Uh, <laughs> stressful as all get out because uh, everybody, like you and Ike and, and a, a few other people that, that we knew got them from GameStop and I was the only one who got it from, from Best Buy or whatever. <laughs> and my line was actually quite quite better than yours so yeah it was uh it was a much easier process but yeah they announced hey you can pre-order these at this time so i think that that's kind of a cooler way to handle things is to make sure people know about the product and then to say they're going to be available for purchase at this spe specific date and time so um we have a couple a little bit of tv news first of all arrow Stephen amell has said that he's not ever going to have the Classic Arrow goatee on the show. Never. I'm fine with that. He says his quote on Twitter was 100% no, never. Our show could go 14 seasons and the goatee will never appear. Hope that clears things up forever. 
<laughs> he must get that question quite often. No, apparently. Also, Supergirl, um, the t- television show on CBS, they have, um, they're going to have Reactron on uh, on the uh, on the show. It's going to be one of the show's first villains. I don't really know anything about Reactron. Reactron has the ability to generate radiation from his body. He can focus this into concussive blasts. Nice. So that's, that's cool. currently, Reactron is equipped with a heart made of gold kryptonite variant, which allows him to render a Kryptonian powerless for 15 seconds. Nice. All right. Th- that's from Wikipedia. That's pretty wild. <laughs> Synopsis of his powers. Um, yeah, it seems strange. I mean, irradiation just in general, like depending on the, like if it's radiation from the sun, wouldn't that actually like just make her more powerful? <laughs> um and then if it's you know if it's this whole kryptonite business, um, that potentially could introduce kryptonite into this world. And uh, yeah, I mean we'll, you know we'll see we'll see how it all works out, man. Uh, I yeah I'm I'm not sh- I'm not a huge fan of kryptonite. Like never have been. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said on the show before, I won't get into it again. But I like my superpower or my superheroes with superpowers. That's why I watch them. And uh, so that's why I'm not a huge fan. And I feel like it's a cop out. I'm like, beat them in another way, a better way, like a smarter yeah. way than yeah. just having this thing that takes their powers away. A magical stone that you just happened to acquire that actually just takes their powers away. Yeah. It's not very, uh, not very clever on the villain's part. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it doesn't force them to, uh, you know, like you said, yeah, it is cheap. It's like, but then again, they're villains. It's like, if there is an easy way, they're going to take the easy way, but it's just as, as creators and as writers, I wish they wouldn't allow them to have an easy way. Um, but yeah. Um, so, uh, I wanted to post in this article on stayintarkapodcast.com, there was a, uh, a video that, the producers of Supergirl put up it was a Supergirl pregames production. It's like a behind the scenes kind of video. It was pretty cool, like just being able to see the uh, the production. They they basically start up this week on uh, episode two, and they're filming the rest of the series. And so uh, it was it was pretty cool. I'll put that at StayOnTargetPodcast.com. Sweet. So last week, what was it, what, what were the figures that we looked up last week? I can't remember. We I was trying to. F- Figured Which out. figures? We talked about some figures. Some, I think they were pop figurines that were coming out last week. What did we talk uh, about last week? What did we talk about last week? Um, well, last week would have been... Let me see. Last week we talked about... Are you looking the, on the website? Well, we talked about Ant-Man two weeks ago. And then last week we talked about Arkham Knight. Yeah. Um, so it was the Arkham Knight pops. Arkham That's Knight the ones that we pops. were talking about. Yes, yeah. you are right. I was supposed to put those on the uh, on the the uh, website, and I forgot to. And I'm going to make sure that I don't do that again this week because I wanted to talk about Bioshock Pop figurines. Yeah. Those are coming out. Um, uh, looks like I think they said in September. Um, there's going to be a six inch Big Daddy, tall, six inch tall, a little sister pop figurine, a Elizabeth pop figurine, and a Booker Dewitt. Two versions of him, one with a skyhook and one with his gun. Dude, Dude these that, are amazing. Yeah, they look so cool. Um, I want all of them. Um, I feel like we should just start an entire podcast, like a popcast. A popcast. Dude, for sure. I mean, yeah, and we could talk about pops. We could talk about uh, the, the ones that are coming out. I mean, they have so many of them. Um, I know. 
so some of my favorites uh, from from that are already out. So these are already out, and in fact, some of them are discontinued. Um, so if you ever, if anyone who's listening to this podcast ever sees any of the Incredibles. So Mr. Incredible, uh, Elastigirl, um, or any of the Incredibles. I think Syndrome, there's a Syndrome pop. If you ever see those, purchase them and I will buy them from you. Uh, I, uh, I, I really would love to have those. They are so awesome. Um, but are, again, they, are they sold out? Well, they are discontinued, and so there's only they are only in the secondary market, and so you can go and, and check out some of the you know how much they they cost or whatever. And so I probably just need to hunt those down uh, from a secondary seller and just buy them. But um, yeah, I, I those are pretty dang awesome. Um, but dude, something I did want to point out like the, how long ago did. Uh, Bioshock Infinite come out and like then just now we're getting pops about them I I wonder if maybe um, you know we're, we're not not looking at another game necessarily it's, it's not been soon enough for that but it's like it, I mean they obviously are still interested in this franchise unless it was just purely Funko going these would be some cool pops that's what I and think. then they I mean, finally get the license that's what I think is like because sometimes it takes Funko forever to get licenses and the, you know that's like, true I can still. I found uh, GameStop last week. I found um, Iron Man three Funko Pops. Nice, and they were brand new. You know, like they're still. I mean, they. they, It's not like they've been sitting there since Iron Man three came out. Like they, those are fairly new. Yeah. Um, well, and then with Arrow, like uh, the Arrow pops uh, just recently came out, and you can kind of you, you can find those. I've been looking those forever. But, yeah, we've been. We, I've been talking about getting those since I think. Over a year ago, um, I've been I, like they announced, "Hey, we're going to do these," and then then it takes them a really long time to get them out. And I don't know if that's like a manufacturing thing or or what. Um, but you know, hey, the the ones that they've timed really well have been like the uh, Age of Ultron ones and these uh, Batman versus Superman ones. So like the the big movie franchises, uh, they seem to have really prioritized those and gotten those out in a timely fashion but some of the other ones um like the television ones or uh the games ones they haven't gotten those out quite as timely as uh as they could in yeah. my view anyway i don't know i don't know anything about manufacturing vinyl figurines chris so i, I don't either but yeah. i will be i will be posting pictures of the bioshock I'm doing that right now as we speak, so I will not forget. Um, it's Boom. happening right now. So they're going up online at standtargetpodcast.com. In this article, you can see them. Uh, another piece of news I wanted to talk about, uh, we're, Netflix um, is doing all the Marvel kind of shows. Um, and we have kind of a, a rough release date for the next one. Jessica Jones is going to be um, in quarter four um, of 2015. So it could be late 2015 or early 2016. I think they're filming now. Uh, but the the frequency at which they'll come out, they've said, um, is that they're going to come out. Let's see here. Uh, let's get the quote. Uh, Netflix CCO Ted Sarandos spoke about their Netflix's plans for their Marvel series on the heels of the successful debut of Marvel's Daredevil. He said, I think ideally there will be a rhythm of about every six months you'll get a new season or a new series from the Defenders group, and then they'll cross over into a combined Defenders season once we've launched the first season of each of the four characters. Interesting. Um, he, he didn't say who else would have more than one season, but he said, quote, some will selectively have multiple seasons as they come out of the gate, so there'll probably be two launches a year. So, like this year, 
Um, we got Daredevil, and then we're getting Jessica Jones. Next year, we're going to get another Daredevil season, and we might get something else, or maybe the second Jessica Jones. Who knows? All the way up until they kind of gang together and, and form the Defenders. Um, what's wild is I'm still, I still don't know whether these are going to cross over into the, uh, the cinematic universe. Yeah, and and they you know they take place within that universe. It seems like because even uh, even in Daredevil, like they you know he references uh, the the attack on New York that happened in Avengers One. But then again, like we've said on the podcast before, uh, the Avengers Tower slash Stark Tower is not in the skyline whenever they pull back uh, in New York. So it's it's I don't know. I I almost think they're going to be their own separate kind of things. The thing that I would uh, anticipate more uh, than them crossing over with the movie universe is the them crossing over with Agents of Shield on ABC. I'm really not sure if that'll happen because you know ABC versus Netflix, but that would be interesting. Yeah, um, and and it would help to maybe tie everybody together, especially if Coulson shows up on one of these shows or something like that. Right. Um, it would help to tie them more closely to the universe because at the moment, what I've seen of Daredevil really feels like its own little thing. Yeah. We'll see. But the fact that we're getting something every six months, that's pretty cool. And I like Super knowing cool. what we're getting or what we're supposed to be getting. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The last little bit of news. Uh, we have uh, news from Wonder Woman, Justice League. The sh- they are shoots. Uh, so this is a quote from Empire, uh, the magazine Empire. Um, via comicbook.com. Um, it was, let's see here. The quote from Empire Story is logistically, it's staggering. As Batman vs. Superman gains its code of special effects and the various stages of editing, scoring, grading, and sound mixing are completed, producer Deborah Snyder, along with producer Charles Roven, is watching over a sandbox that stretches around the world. Director Patty Jenkins is in London prepping Wonder Woman, which will shoot there this autumn. Suicide Squad, already well underway in Toronto under the earthy gaze of director David Ayer, will shoot through to September. I do watch the dailies, she promises, enthusing about the film's street quality. They are already doing soft prep for the Justice League, which will begin shooting in the spring, and overseeing the script for Aquaman, which James Wan will direct. So a lot of stuff going over, going on, going on there at DC. That's a lot of movement, man, and it, and it makes sense. You know, I remember in the Marvel universe uh, during this last big big round of movies, whenever Joss Whedon, in particular, he would be you know writing Avengers two, and he would be you know fl- he, they flew him over to to help on the Thor script, like do a couple of rewrites while they were shooting it, and like so they just had so many irons in the fire at the same time, and so I mean these big cinematic universe is if you're gonna tie them all together. Um, it takes a lot of moving parts and takes a lot of stuff, dude. And and that's it's interesting how transparent they're being about these movies. Um, it's interesting. I I I like seeing that dedication to these properties. Uh, whether or not it pays off in the end is yet to be seen. I suspect that it will. I mean, yeah, like I think, like you said, the transparency is really cool, and I think they understand. Like the fans want to know this stuff, and the fans are who are driving the sales of these movies and For so that's sure. who they, who they need to pay attention to. And they are, which is pretty cool. Like just at least just letting us into, in the know on all this. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. Um, so uh, last piece of news, Chris Pine has been cast as Steve Trevor in wonder woman. Cool. I super love it. Pumped, super pumped about that. I like super, uh, Chris Pine a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, 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 that's probably, of the slated superhero movies, there are two that I'm anticipating the most. Um, and and the, those two are Wonder Woman and uh, Captain Marvel over on the Marvel side. Like, both of those movies are big, like, question marks in my mind, how they're going to handle them. And uh, it'll be really fun to see them, see them do those movies. I, I, I will be so amped to see those movies. Yeah. Well, cool. John, that's all the news we have. That's the news! That's the news. Well, John. Yeah. This, is, this has been a long podcast. It's been a, a crazy sneeze cast. A longer, a longer <gasps> sneeze cast than <gasps> I thought. Yeah, we should get at least we one sneeze sne- in a piece. We should sneeze a lot more. We should have sneezed a lot more in the sneeze cast. Yes, we should have. In fact, it probably shouldn't be a sneeze cast. It should just be a cast, you know? <laughs> yes. Anyway. Um, so cool, yeah. Uh... You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. We'll be back next week with a review of Fantastic Four. Nice. Um, and do you have anything else we need to cover, John? I don't think so, man. I think I, I think that uh, that about does it, dude. Nice. So cool. Yeah, thanks for, uh, for listening to us. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.